You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Thunderquack Podcast. Enough said for our Loki review. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, alongside the astonishing Amanda Conkin and spectacular Curtis Finley. How's it going, guys? Amanda, how are oh, you doing? I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> I was like, who's going to do always, this? It's a game of chicken. Who, who gives know, the yeah. Well, yeah, I'm doing great, too. Thanks, Mike, again, for having us on the show. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's nice to be with such spectacular company, Curtis. <laughs> it's quite astonishing. <laughs> I, I, we're talking about Loki finally. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, I told, I, I, I think I tweeted about this. I don't know if I ever talked about it on any of the podcasts, but last, uh, two weeks ago, last episode of Nuff Said, I, I, I was editing the podcast after we recorded and got all the way through editing it was listening back to it in iTunes um, as I do to make sure that everything's okay. And I, and was like, man, Oh man, this is such a great intro. I love it. This is so good. This is so good. And then it gets into us talking and I'm like, we're going to review black widow. And I'm like, wait a second. Cause I had put the Loki theme song (laughs) (laughs) on the front of it because when the last time that we recorded was there was the day of the Loki finale. Right. So I like everybody was like Loki crazy. Uh, loco for Loki puffs. I, I, and I, and so like, I literally like, like we ended that, that call of like basically talking about Loki. Um, uh, I think maybe even after we stopped recording, we talked for a little bit about Loki. And then, we all really wanted to talk about Loki. <laughs> yeah, of Black we all Widow. really wanted to talk about it instead of Black Widow, which for me was a disappointment. So, um, yeah, so like my brain just like clicked, and it like I was literally like, like I had edited, like I I had purchased the theme song on iTunes, downloaded it, I uh, converted it over to a wave, put it into uh, Audible, uh, not Audible, Audition. I like, like done everything. Like, cause, cause I like, cause I like got to like pick out the part of the song. Cause I'm not going to play the whole song. Right. I'm just going to pick out like a, like a, a 20 second chunk and like fade it out and all of that stuff and listen back to it and was really happy with it. And was like, Oh, this sounds great. Um, exported the podcast <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and yeah, was like, like had opened it up in iTunes and was looking for a thumbnail image a Loki thumbnail image <laughs> and I, I, and, and realized, Oh, Oh shoot. That's the wrong one. And had to go back and, and download the, uh, a piece of music from black widow, uh, which took a lot longer and was a lot harder. Cause black widow doesn't really have like a theme in uh, Yelena has a theme. And that's, I think what I ended up using was Yelena's theme, but not to, not to, 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 
to dig up. Turn the Loki uh, podcast into the Black Widow Yeah, not to dig up (laughs) Natasha's corpse or anything like that, which maybe we'll get to, uh, you know, further on down the road, they'll bring her back. But um, but, uh, uh, interesting that in the movie titled Black Widow that is about Nat, that she doesn't have her own theme and uh, Yelena does. It just goes to show that, like, the focus of that movie was not was not closing out her story, but but actually just introducing us to Yelena, who would carry on the the torch. Like she by the by the end of whatever uh, uh, Thunderbolts thing or Dark Avengers thing that they're doing, uh, it happens. Like she will be Black Widow and as yep. part of the Avengers. Like that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, why? Well, at least you've done all the pre work for the Loki theme song that you'll attach to this episode. Yes. Um, Look at that, Mr. Yeah, and, Brightside. <laughs> and I already and I already have the thumbnail ready to go and everything. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, like it, it, I did. I it's not it was not lost work, but it's just it was just a funny thing of like, yeah, like I was very close to posting <laughs> the the Black Widow review with the Loki theme song on it. Um, which I think probably would have been an improvement because it's a much better piece of music. But, oh man, the theme um, song is great. Every time it came on, I I just loved it. It had yeah. that kind of really mysterious, kind of creepy, yeah. um, I don't know, Twin Peak kind of style uh, yeah, uh, vibe the, to it. The music throughout is so fantastic. Um, let's uh, let let's let's get into the particulars. Curtis, do you want to read them this time? <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, we're going to be talking about Loki, six-episode TV series from uh, Disney+, Plus, created by M- Michael Waldron, directed by Kate Heron. We've got a writing team of Michael Waldron, Bisha K. Ali, Elisa Karasik, um, Eric Martin, and Tom Kaufman, with music by Natalie Holt. And I just want to stop before I get onto the cast here. If you watch the credits, and I noticed this, and um, uh, like every episode, majority of the people working on this show who got credited in that, uh, in the every closing sequence is mm-hmm. a woman. It was quite yeah, remarkable yeah. that it was like, you know, 95% female names on there. Yep. Yep. Um, and also okay, I so, think it's worth yeah. just also, cause you don't have the, the DP on it as well, but the DP is a, is a woman as well. And that's right. like really rare. I think in yeah. Yeah. Any, anything period. Sure. <laughs> so. Um, okay. So this mm-hmm. one's starring, uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Owen Wilson as Mobius, uh, Sophia Di Martino as Sylvie. Now, Gugu Mbathara as Ravona Renslayer. I hope and I pronounced that correct. You, yep, you did. You, you got it right. Nice. Uh, Winmi uh, Musaku as Hunter B15. Uh, Sasha Lane as Hunter C20. Jack Veal, Kid Loki. These ones are like. <laughs> Um, I, I, I mean, I guess we had full episodes with them. Yeah, Diobia um, Apre as boastful Loki. Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. Eugene Cordero as Casey, my favorite character, I think, in this show. <laughs> uh, we'll talk. I'll talk about him a little bit later. Tara Strong as the voice of Miss Minutes, which I want to also point out that's significant because voice actors seldom get credited in yeah. shows like this. Yeah. So to, for the fact that she got an actual credit on there is very cool. And then, of course, Jonathan Majors as he who remains. Uh, yeah, man, what a what a cast on this one. Um, I mean, like, like, hey, not that not that uh, 
uh, Black Widow, uh, <laughs> Falcon, and didn't Winter Soldier, didn't have a great, or yeah. WandaVision didn't also have great casts. They're all such but, great casts. They do a really good job of casting everything. This this one this one in particular, I think um, the kind of kind of also like harkening back to what you were saying about about the opening or i guess they're closing credits um but uh, uh having having so many women in the credits and then like the the diversity of this cast is fantastic yep. um and just like like the because uh, it and it doesn't just stop with with this we kind of read the the headliners but like throughout like it's it's just i don't know it, it's just a very very well uh populated world um where you know i think even as as recent as five years ago it probably would have looked very different um but but disney and and marvel studios in particular are really really um focused on this i i, I choose my language properly because because mm-hmm. i don't want to say because like, because there's some people who'd be like oh this is all sjw i i you know like i right this the propaganda stuff or whatever and it's like no no i just think that there were criticisms i uh, in you know like throughout uh the 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 run of the mcu and kevin feige heard that and uh, lo and behold, he he started putting women and people of color in positions of authority, uh, namely as directors and executive producers on these things. And all of a sudden, wow, would you look at that? The whole makeup of these casts begins begins to change. It's no longer the cast of Thor with the token female character right like mm-hmm. i i like we we're, we start to see you know uh the like this this much more representative um behind the camera and in front of the camera uh, uh sort of cast of characters and 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 professionals uh putting these together and i mean like th- this is the thing that i think that the shows have definitely benefited from that diversity of viewpoints um and like this one in particular is just like so crazy and all over the place uh in the best way possible um and and i and i think that if you just had a bunch of boring white guys sitting around a room throwing around ideas it it might not have come out quite as uh uh, crazy as it did Um, now now we've talked about this before on the thundercrack podcast and as much as that's great and everything's awesome we totally should have to be like conscious of the fact that these people are being given the tv franchises which are much yep. less economically at stake and i feel like it's it's a starting I, point see but i don't i don't I agree with be that careful. at all well i, I don't agree be with careful. that at all the, 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 you don't the you don't movies... have to agree with it but i'm not i'm not in the middle i'm in the middle of stating a okay, fact not an opinion <laughs> so like the tv franchises right it allows true, yeah. them to say that they're doing a really good job of giving all of these women these opportunities and then they can still give men the movies. <laughs> like just as like a, like I just want us to be conscious of like losing, not losing the thread of like the specifics of what people are given. And especially in television realms where the showrunners have a lot of power and there's still a lot of men behind the scenes in this particular franchise. And I know that there are awesome women that are driving a lot of the story and the narrative. And of course that's there and that's awesome. And there is a lot of people of color that are being put into positions. I'm not saying that they're not, 
I'm just saying it's part of a larger contextual conversation and I'd like to see how it actually plays out over the next few years. Because yeah, I, I, they still I, I, haven't but, announced any more female directors in the in the MCU for the for the movies besides other than Eternals, out, right? Yeah. yeah, and that was from a while ago, right? Like so. Yeah. Well, they haven't they haven't announced a lot of details about a lot of stuff that yeah. is on the slate, right? But so fingers crossed. I, like I would just I would disagree that that the that the financial component of it uh, is is. It, I think it's a lot less risky with the movies because the movies are a known quantity and people are going to go to them regardless. I mean, COVID not like COVID withstanding, right? Like that, that kind of changes the ball game. But I mean, in the but, industry though, that's just not true. Movies that have a higher economic yeah, t- yeah. stake than TV. TV does. has always played second fiddle but, yeah. to but, movies. Yes. But Disney plus as a prospect is a much more like, like it's a, it is a much riskier play for them to make sure that like like Disney Plus has to have great content. The the stuff that's going on to it has to be good. These original series have to be incredible. Otherwise, people are not going to stay subscribed, right? Yes, like, but you don't like, have to use a female director's name to sell a TV series in the same way that people pay attention to who the directors of movies are. So the idea of like the risk involved with it, like I, again, I just I, I understand what you're talking about yeah. and the economic value of television series, but like the brand of a movie is driven by the director. It's just like straight up. That's, so, that's how so, you. Look so at, with, like, so without without looking at IMDb, who's directing Shang Chi? I don't care about directors in the same way. <laughs> you, no, no, but 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 like I just I'm just saying that like I I don't think they I don't think that no, that's but that's true a bad example instances. though. And it is true in in that it's like you, you can name off like you know like this is a Zack Snyder movie or this is a Michael Bay movie like that because like they have a brand. Yeah, a hundred a hundred percent. I just I I just don't I just don't see the way that Kevin Feige is treating the MCU and the way that Disney treats the MCU to be, to be quite the same. Okay. Um, I mean, and- I just, you know, we can disagree on this point, but like from an industry perspective, when you're hiring directors for movies, it's part of the consideration of the overall branding of it, who the director is. Whereas in television series, directors just straight up have less power. They're creating and that's be- usually of Loki. It, it like usually like it's it's fine. Kate had a lot of say in this one, and it was and and I'm just using her first name, and that's a sexist thing in and of itself. But like she, well, because like I always use Taika's full name, Taika Waititi. Anyways, I just like my <laughs> own. That's because name, it's a right? fun name to say. It's such a fun name to say. Um, but it's just like I just I like it's fine. You can keep talking about what you're talking about. I just want to like I just like economically there's a difference between yeah, a director I, on a I, on a I movie just think and a like like for me for me the MCU is is breaking a lot of those molds so to it's for trying. me like I I just feel like to 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 hold it to those same standards and to hold these shows to the same standards that we hold like I don't know uh like the blacklist on whatever that network is like <laughs> you know like like whatever random like CSI show or like I, they're not. It's not as we talked about with with both uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier as well as WandaVision. It's like these are somewhere in between. They're not TV shows. They're not even like even when I was writing this the 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 document here for us to refer to. Like I'm hesitant to say Loki is a six episode television series because I really don't feel like it's a like it's a six episode television series. It's like it's as we talked about. It, it's a different thing. And I do think that, like, for Kate Heron, that this 
this project is a stepping stone to whatever she's got lined up next, but that like, like within the circles that care about the MCU, she is, she is now a known quantity. Right. So if, if it turned out that, that she like that, uh, Warner brothers approached her and was like, Hey, do you want to direct a Huntress movie or something like that? Right. Like they, they, all of a sudden it would be like Kate Heron who directed all of Loki is now directing this thing for DC. Like it, it like, like I hope so. It, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool. But like, I, like I just, I think they, they, the, the profile of these Disney plus series is elevated above your standard TV show. Right. And, and my case in point is if you look over on the star Wars side of it, it's like, you've got, I, 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 uh, Robert Rodriguez heading up I, uh, the Boba Fett show, and that's a it's a big deal that that he's doing that right, and like they are they are using him in the same way that they would. But that's because he's a movie director, so yeah, he already it, it has is. the name recognition. It is, but but like what I'm saying is that like they're like with Disney Plus, like they're not. I don't feel like they're thinking of these as in the same way that they would market a TV show that's on ABC. Like, like who was the executive producer on once upon a time? I don't know. Disney never talked about it. Like I, I probably knew at the time that it was on, but, but like, it's, it's not like a thing that they're like from executive producer, right? Like it, it's, I feel like it is different. It, like they are, they are treating these differently. So um, let's, uh, yeah. let's go on to the next thing here. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, overall thoughts. So, so Curtis, you want you want to kick us off? How did how did you uh, enjoy Loki? Um, I really enjoyed it. I um, there was one episode in there I thought was kind of a, a drag right in the middle, but uh, other than that, it was a it was it was nice. Now I rewatched the whole show today as I was working in just to kind of remind myself of everything that was going on here, which is nice. It's only six episodes, so you can get through it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but what struck out, what struck me is that um, each episode is quite different. We go through a lot of different genres of TV in this one show. Yet it it it's all it all has this cohesiveness to it to make it all consistent. So like the very the very first episode is almost straight up comedy the entire time with with Loki finding out about the 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 TVA and, and um, meeting all these people and it's wacky and it's funny and he's making goofy gestures and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then you flip that on its head to the very last episode, which is like hard sci-fi uh, at the end of time. And then in the middle, there's like a disaster movie in there. And uh, it just goes in so many different directions. It, it's quite, uh, quite exciting in that sense. So I thought that just the, the overall vision of, of what they thought of, of what to do with the show and how to put it together was quite well thought out. Hmm. Um, I, I liked it. I think I, I, I think I liked it the best out of the shows that have been ever aired so far. I'm pretty sure with WandaVision being a close second. Amanda, how about you? I mean, I took a while to come around on Loki. I feel like I messaged you in the first few episodes yeah. being like, um, I don't know what I think. Cause it just like, wasn't what I was expecting. Um, and I didn't ask for a love story 
So <laughs> I don't know if I was particularly excited by that part of it, but I mean, you can't deny that like Loki as a property is fantastic. Like he, he is so addictive in terms of just like the fun and the fantasy that comes along with everything that is Loki. And so for that, I mean, I, I, I love what it can do. And I do, I, I, I do like it like as it went along, obviously I started to, because it started to get more into the like actual aspects of like the reality bending or the like what's, what's actually going on. And, and so then I was like, okay, cool. I sort of see what's going on here. They're building a larger world or there is a larger world. Like once they got into the very, like where you saw all the different variants in the void or whatever Mm -hmm. um, at the end of time, um, that was, that was great. And that was really fun. Um, and, but to me too, it's sort of the, the, it's this sort of interesting thing that I've had to come to grips with about these series that are, they're um, like WandaVision and Loki and Falcon Winter Soldier. It's hard for me to realize that they're not about anything that's yeah, driving, like they're not, up. like they're, they're just, they're all set up and they're these character studies. And so for me, it took me a while because I already thought that I got a really great character study with Loki in his arc in the MCU. And so for us to like have this sort of like we retread ground in my opinion that we had already sort of come through with and I mean as much as like Thor the Dark World was may not be not the best, I rewatched it literally like this weekend because I was like I just want to watch more Loki stuff. And I feel like we had already gotten this great arc for Loki and so I felt like maybe we were just like getting the same arc but like this time it was driven by love or something like, I don't know. It was just, so I'm like, I'm still struggling with that a little bit, but I can't deny that it's great fun and that it, it did lead to something really awesome. And particularly I'm excited to see this character. Like he's, he got to this point where he was like sort of changed and then his world sort of got taken out from under him again. And I'm excited to see what he does with that. And so for me, that's what's exciting to me and like the potential that this series lends itself to. That's an interesting point you make, though, because the the Loki that we are watching in this show is not the same Loki from the Dark World. So yeah. he has he does have to go through that character arc again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but framing it in in a different way, like they did in this one, it was, I guess, necessity. It it, it was. And but for, but for me, the arc over the course of the MCU was a little bit more satisfying because all of the things that made him who he was actually impacted a larger story. And right, I get you didn't just watch it on a screen. On yeah, TV. like it just like I don't know. It just was. It was. It was. It's a subtle like it's a subtle thing, but it was. It's fine. It's all. Yeah, it all. It's I, but yeah, it's the same. It's just like watching it again. So in a different way how we, I like that it's getting to the same conclusion though I like that this sort of like what's the core of who Loki is and um again I, I the reason I shared that meme with you guys off the top of the like when we just connected and we were chatting is because my my computer my my phone just keeps giving me Loki memes because I obviously am like stopping and looking at them every time they're suggested <laughs> to me because I'm just getting like more and more information and there's always these great comparisons like the the like I never wanted a crown or whatever I never wanted a throne and that sort of like impulse that that's what Loki like it's never been about really the the power the power is like a way for him to get connection and I think that that's interesting and I like that that was consistent in this one as well I'm feeling very um I'm feeling very unartistic because I can feel like you guys are like drawing and doodling as we're talking (laughs) 
I, I totally am because I have uh, deadlines from the I next book it. that I'm working on and I, I know, have to I do it, it right now. No, but you always, because Mike always does that too. And then we come out of this and he always got, he always has great art. And I'm kind of like, I'm here like looking at memes. <laughs> like I'm not down on memes. <laughs> anyway. What about you, Mike? Mike, your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I loved Loki. I, 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 I think it is an absolute masterclass in comic book storytelling. Um, It, it, it does everything that I want the superhero genre to do. Um, But at the same time, it does a lot of it by subverting that stuff. Um, Obviously because we're, we're coming into this with, um, with really our first big villain of the MCU. Right. I mean, he wasn't even a villain. everybody else kind of had their own their own bad guys and stuff like that but loki was the first one like he's the one who brought the avengers together and that's literally the loki that we start with here um and uh and and i mean like there are there are uh contextual things that they that you know uh the loki in um in avengers was uh affected by the mind stone right like that's it, it that's not to be discounted i think he was he was a little bit out of sorts in that story um so this is him like like it just like in the dark world like you were saying him coming away from that and then sort of reckoning with what he had done now in the dark world he makes a choice that leads to his mother's death and that informs a lot of his um of his journey after that in in this one, he experiences that as a third party, which is a weird thing uh, to put a character through. And I think um, we're like, like, I agree with you guys that like this is it. We're going on his arc again. The The arc previously was Loki learning to um, to to do the right thing for his family and his people, right? Like he, he was kind of going on that arc. And by the end of it, when, when he sacrifices himself, uh, uh, not necessarily on purpose, but like when, when he makes that play against Thanos, um, he is doing it from the position of, of of being a hero um, and, and no longer a villain. And he's come through that, especially in Ragnarok. Um, We kind of, we, we see that, that change. Um, but but it's very different from the journey that he goes on in this one where they deconstruct the character like very literally. I mean, Mobius sits him down and 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 like a therapist, he sits across from him and and he deconstructs Loki to Loki. Right. And so many of those first few episodes are Owen Wilson monologuing at loki about his monologuing and it's it's so funny like the the theory that that mobius could be a loki variant um it it it, what? it holds it holds water for me because it's I didn't like get that meme yeah uh, it's it's out there it's out there <laughs> okay I, okay i one of the reasons why is because everybody else ends up in in that the void and and presumably dies like Eliath just just kills them but um but the loki's managed to survive because loki's are survivors and lo and behold mobius survived so why did mobius survive yeah, when, checks out, when, checks out. when the information that we're given is that only loki's managed to survive in this wasteland right 
Now that's a very literal interpretation and, 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 you know, kind of running with that. But, but I do think that, I do think that it holds water. Um, and I think one of the other big things is that he spends so much time, uh, being clever and trickstery with Loki that it's like Loki has met his match. Well, the only match for Loki is another Loki. Like that's kind of the whole point of the series. Right. But, but they, they deconstruct the character, they break him down and then they introduce Sylvie who is this other, like this mirror version. I mean, like the, the idea, I love foils as a storytelling device. I mean, like it's, it is, it's, it's classically Shakespearean. Um, It's such a great way of learning more about our character. It's, it's something that comic books do a lot. Um, uh, The superhero genre specifically does a lot. It's why almost every solo uh, MCU film ends in the third act with our hero facing the dark version of themselves. right? Iron Man fights Iron Monger, right? Black Panther fights Killmonger. And like, they're, they're literally both, they're in the same, they have the same tech uniform or whatever. It's just one winter soldier black and purple. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Captain America, winter soldier. Like, like it's just, it's such a common thing because it is, and it's really Darkwing common. Duck and Mega Duck. Well, exactly. <laughs> solid I, reference, solid reference. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's so common. It's, I mean, like it's even, you, you see it in Star Wars when Luke goes into the cave and he fights the ghost Darth Vader and the helmet comes off and, and explodes and it's his face inside it because he's really fighting himself at the end of the day. I mean, like that's, it's part of the hero's journey. It's, it's such a, a, a classic trope. Um, but, but the way that they use the multiverse and Loki to just like take that kind of a concept and just just crank the knob up to 11 and then keep going all the way back around and like looping that like three or four times and then just breaking it off uh, cuz by the end of it when we're when we're seeing Loki uh, uh teaming up with Loki Loki and Loki in order to save girl Loki but then other Loki with Loki, 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 and Loki all show up to fight the other Lokis. It's like, what, what, like, and, and all of them are valid and all of them are the same character, but they're all completely different characters. The fact that we are here in the MCU at this stage, that people in the general audience that like the MCU movies can watch this and don't feel like this is uh like overly sophisticated or overly like 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 i i i like you know i what's i'm trying to find the word for it but just like that sort of uh, uh very like high-minded sci-fi fantasy that's like we're gonna teach you a lesson through science <laughs> fiction right like which it absolutely is it's using multiverse theory as a as a way of deconstructing and examining character and in particular our our relationship with self-hatred and self-loathing right like like loki learning to love himself is the whole point of the series which is very different from his arc in in the movies which was very much about learning to get outside of himself and love others right and and do things for other people and not just for his own glorious purpose but in this one finding out that that glorious purpose isn't a bad thing he's just been going about it the wrong way and the way that they get him to love himself is to literally make him fall in love with himself 
it's like it's just like the 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 levels of this are just so satisfying for me as someone who loves this medium in in all its permutations right it's 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 like you know curtis and i have talked about stuff like this over and over and over again on Pullbox podcast of like when we when we look at these other interpretations of superhero mythology something like invincible or or astro city or uh you know like even even within the the dc or marvel universes when they when they sort of split off and do things like kingdom come or or new frontier or or, uh uh, you know something like house of m where they where they completely switch things up um in order to to like i say like deconstruct and 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 sort of reflect back at what the medium is it's like like they're doing that in the mcu now with with a story like this and 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 it's and it's more than one season and there are real consequences to it which is really exciting about like the fact that like with falcon and winter soldier i don't feel like falcon becoming captain america has larger ramifications in the world i think that there are there are some cool ideas to explore and i think that that the journey for uh for sam wilson and for for bucky uh, those are interesting things to me but like and then even with wandavision it's like okay like like that was so focused in on on wanda but when we get to the last episode of this series or of this season i should say because we get season two um we get to the last episode all of the stuff with he who remains and and then the fallout from that is is setting up the next 10 years of mcu storytelling presumably right i mean i i i am of the opinion that kang is going to be he's he's the big bad like he's the next thanos um and and we're introduced to him in this story and and sort of yeah it's not really kang yet is that is that because he's like a good version i'm so excited for this character because i i know like i've heard of kang the conqueror and i knew like going into this i was kind of like well obviously like i feel like everybody was talking about it enough but i don't know enough about this character and it seems really exciting to explore so so. my theory my theory is uh the way that they've been introducing all of the um the young avengers right is that Mm -hmm. is that because he he's one remains. of the young, he's one of the young Avengers, right? Well, he okay. So Kang <laughs> is one of the young Avengers. He's he's Iron Lad. I think we talked about that on the last episode a little bit. A little but, bit, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I might have said that he was Vision, and and I was wrong. He's Iron Lad, but Iron Lad, there's some crossover there. Anyways, um, I because there's a twist, but I I Iron Lad is Kang the Conqueror, but he's a different. He's one of the versions of Kang. And he's a version of Kang that comes back in order to prepare the young Avengers and the Avengers to fight Kang, okay. <laughs> to fight himself, a different version of himself. That's that's Kang the Conqueror. That's going to that's going to cause problems. Um, the version we see here in this show, even though he's going by the name he who remains, he's actually a character called Immortus, uh, who mm. has um, he's who sits at the end of the timeline. He is um, a, a future version of Kang, but he was asked he was asked by the timekeepers to sit there and save timelines in exchange for immortality and so that's where that's who this character is here and that's what he's doing and so 
uh, we see him at the end. He's like, I'm unable to do my job now because I can't see what's coming up. Mm. So I'm done. I've, you know, I'm at the end of my life basically. So, so my, my theory here with, and you have to, you have to think fourth dimensionally on this one. So you guys got to come with me on this walk Okay, is that I, the Kang, the, the uh, Nathaniel Richards who travels back in time to be iron lad or whichever version of the character they'll end up making him. But, but that, that is going to form the young Avengers is the Kang that will become he who remains, even though, we the first time we see Kang is he who remains and then he dies. Well, that's because he's outside of time. He's outside of time and yeah. and like outside of the 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 multiverse, right? So it 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 is entirely possible that he comes back, forms the Young Avengers, and then the Young Avengers, like in order to defeat Kang, have to place Iron Lad or like like who will become he who remains at the end of time, like in the, in this castle. And so like we go through the next 10 years of storytelling all to end up like back with the sacred timeline restored, but that like, but we'll know that actually like Loki going there and, and, and Sylvie killing he who remains is all actually part of, it has to happen in order for it to happen. Like it's all just, it's all just this total circular thing. And I think that we will either get, um, either get uh, secret wars or or maybe contest of champions or something like that can as I a storyline somewhere in there. Can I um, ask then? Yeah. If that's why when they were gonna die on the planet that the timeline started freaking out because they were always supposed to get to the end is that that's what that was right? I yeah I mean like it, they they sort of imply that really early on when when Loki makes the comment to uh to. I don't remember who maybe was it Ravona, but I don't remember who it was, but he says something about like, well, what about the Avengers? And it's like, well, the Avengers were supposed to do that. Yeah. That's part of the sacred timeline. Their time traveling is part of the sacred timeline. And, 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 and the logic can continue that like, well, the only reason that they can get away with that is because it's in their plan to restore the timeline. So the TVA, can allow it right like this right. is any time that there's time travel but that it's responsible time travel where the time traveler is like i'm gonna do it but don't worry i'm gonna make sure that it doesn't affect the timeline except in the way that it's meant to affect the timeline <laughs> right sure that's, uh, I, 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 yeah that like like that maintains the sacred timeline right um but i also love the meta narrative of the sacred timeline as quote unquote canon and the fact that the destruction of the sacred timeline and and the the creation of the multiverse of madness is it's it's both validating canon but also telling us that canon doesn't matter at all because <laughs> yeah. the next thing we're getting from the MCU is what if with the the animated stuff um i that starts on August 11th and I, as a matter of fact i have to i have to update this i i the document cuz i put Shang-Chi is what's next and that's not true um oh. i cuz it's going to be what if but i uh, actually, I'm not 100% clear on that because I don't know how many episodes What If will be. So probably, actually, we'll probably do a Shang-Chi review before we do What If. But um, but but I had tweeted uh, after after the, the finale of um, of Loki, like one of the great things is that the, the multiverse, in the way that they've explained it, validates everything. It validates every version of every character that you love. Um, 
right down to fan fiction. Like, like it's all part of the multiverse because the multiverse is infinite. Um, but that like also, hey, there's also for the MCU, there's a sacred timeline, which is this other thing. Right. But but I, I, I love that that they are exploring this whole concept um, and that we're not done with it. Right. It's not just Loki, but, you know, obviously we've got Doctor Strange coming up. We've got uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, we've got another season of Loki and 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 it's going to I like the the, the repercussions of this will be felt for a while i think um and and not to mention all the time traveling stuff that that we're also going to end up getting in uh quantum mania and uh uh, and whatever else um yeah i mean like what else is coming i don't know we could see some multiverse stuff in love and thunder we could see morbius uh, uh yeah i yeah i mean yeah that's one of the other things is like the idea of of bringing in um the Sony Spider-Man uh, uh, properties that are currently yep. running, like Morbius and uh, uh, into the Spider Verse, and yeah, into the Spider Verse, yeah. uh, the the Venom movies. Um, and here's the thing: like I've I've said this for a while. If if the next Venom movie, if if I, I oh man, what, let there be carnage. I think is is the subtitle <laughs> on that one. Yeah. I I if it performs as well as the first Venom did, or or maybe even performs better. Um, I, which is going to be a, it's going to be a, 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 a relative scale because of COVID, but, um, in, 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 in relative numbers, if it, if it performs, I, they'll, they'll want to figure out how to, how to bring these things in to the MCU, I think. Um, and now they have the perfect excuse. They have the perfect way to do it. It might already be in, in motion. It might be part of spider-man no way home and uh, uh into the spider-verse uh, too right and like, so you saying like if these things are going to include it after loki yeah i am now wondering if the thor right if that is like a direct result of the multiverse or if it's going to be in this timeline oh interesting because now i'm kind of like is that how they're going to deal like are they going to just lean into doing stories like from scratch in some way? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I like. I, I, cause I was really excited for it to be like, you know, the Thor and Natalie Portman's character. <laughs> Her name is Jane. Jane. Jane yeah. Thor and Jane. Yeah. Um, like that we've come along with this whole time. And I'm kind of like, well, what if it's just like right. the multiverse? So no, anyway. I don't I don't think I don't think that that for like the main line characters that we're going to see um I, I we're, like we're going to say it, it cuz this is how it always is like with with multiverse stuff in the comics is like we always stick with our main characters and okay. then and it's I mean no different than than into the Spider-Verse, right? We start that movie with Miles and we end that movie with Miles even though um you know, like, like, and we start with his Peter, right? The, the yeah. blonde Peter, but, but like really like when the movie movie starts, it's, it's with miles and, and we end it with him and presumably we'll start the next one in the same way. And everybody else is a guest star. All of the other versions of Spider-Man are, are guest stars in a story that is miles's story. Right. And I think okay. what we're going to see in Spider-Man no way home is the same thing where we'll get like, it is going to be, uh, the the Tom Holland Spider Man's story, 
um, very much his story. But then if in fact we are getting dope dopey Spider-Man and edgy Spider-Man uh, uh, alongside him, uh, they'll they'll show what? up. They'll help fight the bad guy, and then they'll Dopey go away. Dopey Spider Man and Edgy. Yeah, Spider-Man? Do- Dopey Spider Man being Tobey Maguire and, okay. and Edgy Spider Man being uh, Andrew okay. Garfield. Okay. Um, whereas, I, I was, like, I thought so. I just was checking. Tom Holland is 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 an actual Spider Man. He's like he's right. like a real gotcha. Spider Man. Gotcha. Know? Okay. Um, I quite like yeah. Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. I hate, I quite like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man as well. He is definitely edgy Spider-Man okay. as he skateboards through the hallway of the school. That's not a thing that Peter Parker does in any of the other incarnations. Like that is very much a, a amazing Spider-Man uh, uh, convention that he's like, well, he's just kind of, he's just kind of a little bit weird and awkward. Like he's geek chic, you guys, not an actual nerd. Whereas like, uh, Toby Maguire such- Spider-Man is is like I said he's dopey right he's like oh gosh gee golly jeepers go web go right but, but they're Tom all Holland like nerds is, of their is, time they're nerds of their time because nerds are now like decidedly more cool so they could actually just be a nerd yeah I, I don't like. I don't see Tom Holland's Peter Parker as cool in any stretch of the imagination <laughs> he is he is absolutely 100% mundane but also okay a nerdy genius, right? Like, like that's the only um, thing that makes him special to, to his friends. But I actually have a question, uh, not to make this a Spider-Man podcast, but um, (laughs) I, cause I just rewatched homecoming cause my, my sister hasn't gotten all the way through and it's driving me bananas anyways. um, But like, he's at a school for really smart kids. Right. And yet he's like the, like nerd at the nerd school. Is that like, is it's like a school for smart kids, right? That he's at. Uh, it's like a technology. I, I don't. I, I thought no, it was just I a think, regular school. Okay, I don't think that like, he's at, at like one of the special ones. I think it's. I think it's meant to be like a. What do they call them? Like like the magnet schools or whatever. Okay, like, because like, I like I was kind of like, but all the popular kids are part of decathlon, and so no, I'm kind of like. That's not. No? That's not the case. If okay. anything, they 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 completely changed Flash Thompson's character to make him nerdier in order for him to interact in the story okay um, because flash okay. thompson is usually like the quarterback of the football team yeah well um, I, I mean i yeah. don't know anyways okay maybe i just like watched that movie wrong but i enjoyed it so but yes i get what you mean and that would be cool and i understand now what you're talking about in terms of like the main like the the state like the the timeline characters that we're yeah. familiar with still being along their lines but then allowing and i think i think to interact with them I think Thor still has more journey to go on, right? Like where we left him at the end of Endgame was not an endpoint. It was actually like, oh yeah, yeah. Endgame was kind of an interlude for that character uh, in between two arcs, right? Because Ragnarok got him to this place of like, oh, you're the you're the 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 king, like the rightful king of Asgard, and then in Endgame, Infinity War and Endgame get him to a place of like, actually, I'm not. I, mm-hmm. I, and I, and so it's like, it was sort of like this break in between. And then I think, I think, uh, love and thunder and, uh, guardians three will be explorations of that character where he goes, if I'm not the, the heir to the throne of Asgard, am I still Thor? Like, am I, and that's the whole point of like, Hey, he's like the, the, the hammer's going to go over to, to somebody else. Right. Um, which is fine because he's got Stormbringer, so it's like it's there are no real consequences. But that's exactly what happened in the comics as well. Like when, 
when Jane Foster became Thor in the comics, it's not like Thor, Thor, like Thor Odinson stopped being a superhero. He, I think they just referred to him as the Odinson for a while. Um, and he, and he did go, he had Stormbringer, he had the axe, gotcha. um, which is where like, that's where that ended up being brought into infinity war because it was in those comics. So um, I, yeah, no, it, it like like I think I think like the the repercussions of the multiverse are going to they're going to put a lot of things in peril and they're going to make our our heroes sort of like like face some things down. But I think the other part of it is that like we talk about the sort of the 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 multiple facets of the MCU with um here we're talking about sort of like the cosmic uh, magic side of it and then we have like the sci-fi space sort of stuff and then we also have the like very mundane uh, black widow falcon and winter soldiers stuff which is going to continue on its own path um mm-hmm. into secret invasion right like like that's its own thing that's going on that is i think going to be very separate from the multiverse and i think that whenever the avengers kind of come back together in in another three or four years um that that we're going to get to a point where like all of this multiverse stuff will have been happening and some like Dr. Strange and Spider-Man and Wanda and Loki and, and maybe even uh, Thor and some of those other characters will be aware of this stuff happening. But then like the Avengers will come together to fight something and Loki will show up and he'll be a hero. He'll be this version of Loki that we're seeing here. We'll show up with Thor and Sam will be like, Oh wait, what, why are you with him? I thought he was dead and also a bad guy. And Thor will be like, Oh yeah, no, that was a different Loki. This is, this is my good brother, Loki. Good brother Loki. It's a whole multiverse thing. At which point Bucky <laughs> will be like multiverse. What are you talking about? And then they'll go, it's okay. Whatever. We got to fight the super scroll. And, and then they'll do that. Right. Like, what is, it, the, what is the thing that you just said that Falcon and winter soldier are going to have to deal with? The multiverse, like they're oh no, 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 no. secret, secret invasion, secret invasion, yeah, what's the secret invasion? super scroll. Yeah, uh, don't worry about it. It's like three or okay. four years away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't 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 uh, yeah, don't don't stress out too much about it. Okay. Um, so the concept of the multiverse is something that's actually fairly recent in just in terms of science fiction history. Um, we. In back in the uh, when Marvel first started in the sixties, there's I, I mentioned um, this guy Mark Grunewald in the Falcon and Winter Soldier story because a lot of that a lot of the stories that Mark Grunewald wrote for Captain America were adapted into that series. But Mark was a, a fanboy in uh, in the sixties when Marvel was kind of setting up their universe for the first time and would write in letters and have his, his letters in their letter columns and stuff like that. And he published a fanzine called Omniverse in which he he uh, talked about just the concepts of continuity and the concepts of the multiverse uh, and kind of and kind of set the standard for how it's viewed in comic books today and he did that you know he was a teenager uh, doing all of that and um, and then in the 70s he actually got hired by Marvel to be a writer and, and editor and he's one of the more most um, well-loved editors at Marvel by all of the people who worked there through the 80s. Now, the, the reason I bring this up is because um, in the 80s, there's um, a story in Fantastic Four where the TVA is introduced. And the writer for this, Walt Simonson, created this character, Mobius, 
um, and, and, and told, and he was the artist for this one as well. And he based the likeness of this character off of Mark Grunewald because the timekeepers are so obsessed with continuity and Mark Grunewald being obsessed with continuity himself would be the perfect figurehead for the TVA. And so Owen Wilson, his likeness is very, very similar to Mark Grunewald. It's perfect casting that they did here. So this whole thing, um, this whole series is kind of a tribute to this this guy. And he, Mark Grunewald died when he was 43, suddenly of a heart attack and um, very unexpected. And so uh, a lot of, we see a lot of tributes in this TV series to Mark uh, and just the, everything that he kind of brought to the table for comics. Um, the, the pizza truck that uh, they, that they drive in has a Grunewald license plate, for instance, and oh, <laughs> that nice. kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Cool. See, that's why you're here. I, I let let's do our favorite moments. I, Amanda, you want to kick off? What what was what, what's your favorite moment from the from from Loki? Um. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool when they utilize the female characters in female uh, stories. And so the fight uh, in uh, between uh, Sylvie and uh, Renslayer in the uh, the timekeepers. The timekeepers. Is, like, whatever it is. Yeah, is uh, is pretty cool. Um, and I and I like that the Hunter B-15, B-15 I think is what yep. it is, that like there was a there was a point to her. Cause I didn't know, cause she started out as sort of this, like, just like sort of annoying character. She was just and I, an antagonist. Like she was yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. She was just sort of like, and, and like, I liked that they followed her through and that was really cool. And so for it to all come to a head in this sort of end and that, I mean, I didn't expect like when Loki gets sticked or whatever, <laughs> what are they, <laughs> whatever they, Pruned, 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 is the, pruned is the, pruned is the terminology that they're actually using. Um, this when is she why gets I'm shaft. here, Mike. Come on, this is where I. This is why I'm here, um, so that uh, you guys can say all the things that um, are supposed to happen. Um, but uh, it was so unexpected. Like I just was like, "What is this show? What's happening?" And then I yeah. get really excited because something cool is going to happen. And so that was that sort of that whole fight scene and sequence was uh, just because of the unexpected nature of it and that it like didn't end, right it wasn't like like he gets pruned and then they keep they keep going and i'm kind of like oh i'm supposed to care about sylvie more <laughs> because i sort of like did but that it was sort of like the moment where i'm kind of like this really is this really is about her as much as it is about him so i like that that was a good moment that was fun for me cool and and obviously um pillboy is great um just the paper like he just um it was that's casey right um yeah yeah, he uh he's just fun and he was fun and unexpected so he was my favorite comedy moments uh we're we're definitely i just like him uh, that actor so yeah eugene cordero is having a moment and i love it and i'm very happy for him uh curtis how about you how about you what's what's your favorite moment um i think that i just loved Jonathan Major's standout performance in that last yeah. episode. Uh, just he has such a great presence, and the 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 variety of, uh, and and just uh, the depth of the his acting abilities that he <laughs> everything that he pulls out of his hat uh, is just remarkable in that last last episode. So I uh, I think that um, I mean that's kind of a big general moment. There there are other little moments. Um, I, yeah, I mentioned that I like Casey as well. I think I'll talk about him 
uh, in another segment here. He's going to be my MVP, but um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't know this, just the, uh, the, the relationship I really like between Mobius and Ravona as well. Um, I'm excited to see Ravona come back. She is a major player in the story of Kang. So she's definitely going to make more appearances. Yeah. Um, yeah. probably hopefully outside of the Loki show and I'm excited to see her more. Yeah, when she when she goes through the 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 door uh, uh, at the end and then it's just like left as there's a, there I've seen a lot of people complain of like, well that's just a massive thread. Like we have no idea where she was going or what she was doing. And and that's like a that's a plot hole. And I'm like that's not a plot hole. It's it's designed to be that way. And I think that we're <laughs> I think the reason why is because we're actually meant to have no clue whatsoever so that when she shows up in quantum mania or she shows up in multiverse of madness or wherever she shows up next, um, that it's going to be this moment for the audience of like, Oh, that's, that's Ravona. But then we're also going to go like, but is it, or is it a, is it one of her variants or, (laughs) and like, because I think that she'll show up out of context and it'll be like a thing like that. She might show up three or four times before we find out what she's actually up to. Um, uh, Like where she's gone and what miss minutes has sort of sent her off on. And I think like you made the point of miss minutes of Tara strong, getting a, a, a a cast credit as the voice of miss minutes. Uh, That's because miss minutes is not, all she's uh, made out yeah. to be. I think that we will get a reveal at some point that Miss Minutes is actually another character. I don't know what character that could be, but but you know, like I'm sure that if we Miss Minutes of like, is, what, is this is this like common flock. knowledge that I know I, I know I know who she is. She, she's, she's made for the show. Yeah, she's made for the show. Oh, yeah. but you're thinking she's that she is somebody that she's somebody else is what you I, mean. I I'm th- I'm thinking that she is some sort of a god deity character, oh, and okay, we'll find okay. out at some point that she's actually a much more malevolent force than uh, I, I mean, she than she's made out to malevolent. be. She already seems there malevolent. There were definitely oh, hints of that. Like, yeah. yeah, no, like, and, and oh, that's yeah, why I sure. say it because like the show goes out of its way to be like, hey, by the way, don't trust this little clock. Mm-hmm. All right, like, like she's um, up to something. Yeah. Just a quick question about Ravona. Uh, I couldn't quite tell from a quick Google when, because after, no, before the final episode where I'm kind of like, is this going to be King? I started looking into Ravona, uh, Renslayer. Is she a bad guy or a good guy? Yes. Because I couldn't quite, okay. <laughs> that was sort of the answer um, that I got, but. She's, she's both. I mean, it, she okay. also travels through time and has gone through different iterations over the years. Originally, okay. she is just literally a fringed character for Kang. Like literally she is in suspended animation because Kang doesn't want her to die. And his whole motivation for altering the timeline is to save her. Okay. I I sort Um, of got that. And it was, and I kind of like that they made her her own character. And yeah, later on she becomes her own character and she takes up the name Terminatrix and, um, and becomes an actual villain, like another Kang basically. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I will give my favorite moment now. And that is the post credit scene uh, after what is that? (laughs) Like after episode four, I think. Oh Um, yeah. I should have remembered that. I, I, 
that episode i mean like, like you you guys talked about it the 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 fight with the uh, like in front of the timekeepers um and just like like mobius getting pruned and then loki getting pruned and it just being like holy crap and the like, timekeepers are fake and the timekeepers are fake which we already kind of knew but mm-hmm. uh, like like i mean like loki had kind of already figured that out for us um but i i yeah just like it was just like hit after hit after hit and then the episode ends and then but like it gets to the to the credits and like the thing doesn't uh it doesn't end it it gives us this one more moment and like that the the awesome line of like am i dead and then richard e grant saying not yet and then we just get this awesome incredible like all-time mcu reveal of all of the variants um yeah i love the more of them it's just like yeah I love the parallel to the scene in the first Avengers where Loki yeah. oh, opens yeah. his eyes and they're yeah. all like Hawkeye's pointing his arrow at him. Yeah. Um, great reference. Yeah. And then that, just, yeah. and then just kind of springboarding off of that in the next episode, everything with Richard E. Grant. Um, I just like when he was cast in, in rise of Skywalker, I got super excited. Cause I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like he's such an interesting character actor that pops up and stuff and usually gives these really, um, these really cool performances. And then in Rise of Skywalker, he is completely and utterly forgettable. Um, and, and only I there did not because know he was in. Rise yeah. He's a, uh, he's uh, allegiant general pride, uh, yeah, I didn't who, know which is the guy that they bring in to, yeah. f- to fulfill the purpose that Hux served in the other two movies right. because oh. they wanted to make Hux the spy. Right. Jeez. Because they wanted they yeah. wanted that joke. So so they so they wrote a completely new character to undermine him um, and just like, yeah, just totally threw away uh, two other movies of character development with that character. But that's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Not bitter at all. We won't so, make so, the Rise of Skywalker. Part. I mean, like I came away from Rise of Skywalker like, oh, that's a bummer. Like like there are so many things that are a bummer in Rise of Skywalker. But one of the ones that like always just kind of needles me whenever I think about it is like. They they got Richard E. Grant and they put him in a like Tarkin type role and then he did nothing like what a waste. And then we find out like like we found out that Richard E. Grant was in this show a while ago, but it was like Richard E. Grant's going to be in Loki. And then the show started and everybody's like, I wonder if I wonder when he's going to show up. Maybe he's one of the timekeepers. I don't know. he'll show up eventually and then kind of forgot about it because the story starts going and here's these other characters and Owen Wilson stealing the show and like everybody's so great in it. And then to have him show up and it's like, Oh, he's playing Loki, but not our Loki, but also our Loki, just a future version of our Loki as opposed to, you know, like boastful Loki, who's a very different version or Sylvie. Who's a very, it's like we get, we get kid Loki and we get, uh, and we get classic Loki, which give us like these two time frames. Also, Kid Loki definitely a young Avenger. Wait for that. Oh, one. absolutely, a hundred percent. He'll be a young Avenger. Um, but yeah, well, and he then, is in the comics. And then, and then him, and then uh, like classic Loki getting his moment at the end of of, of the fifth episode. Um, the, the his glorious purpose moment is mm. just like, like I was sitting at midnight or like one o'clock in the morning or whatever, whenever that was. And I was just like on the edge of my seat going like, yeah, this is what I wanted. I wanted, I really wanted Richard E. Grant to just, you know, just eat some scenery. Uh, and that's, he did it, the, this enti- that entire episode um, and just totally like stole the show 
for that one episode that he's in and then gives us this this awesome super satisfying death scene for loki a character that we care about who we've already seen die multiple times (laughs) i but but he like it's just i love it i love that that this character like you you use the word addictive uh earlier amanda and and Mm -hmm. i think like that's so apt that like what is it about this character and it's and now it's like it's not just tom hiddleston as loki it's the character loki like what is it that like he is so infinitely fascinating and i mean like he's a trickster god so it's such an archetype it's such a it's like like such a a a classic uh type of character that obviously it it there's there's a reason that's an archetype but um but yeah, it's just like to get to get this other version of him that that we barely know. We spend forty minutes with him essentially, and uh, and not even really focused on him, but just getting pieces of his story. If it weren't for Richard E. Grant, I don't think that we would have had that connection to him at the end of the episode that we do, because he just he delivers the monologue where he explains like when you know like I I I hid from Thanos right like and and yeah. he, like he was a coward and. And so he went into exile and, you know, learned that he like that, that Loki's are much more powerful than they give themselves credit for. And like, it's so great because he unlocks that potential for our Loki, who, you know, has already like sort of leveled up when he gains the ability to enchant from uh, from Sylvie. Uh, And uh, and and he's seen what he's capable of with classic loki and it's like so it just it sets up so much for the future of that character as now a hero um that yeah it's like sort of those two things combined so i just a classic loki in general is my is my favorite moment from the series uh, a, a series full of favorite moments it's so hard to choose because all the stuff on lamentus is also just amazing the hand touch is like uh last jedi 2.0 uh, <laughs> it, uh, it's so good um yeah so much of it is so good but but for me it's like that the album cover moment <laughs> the, the 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 straight the, out of linwood or whatever yeah the, i mean straight the dopest out of hip-hop album of all time uh, i just quote a weird al yankovic actually yeah, yeah, that's, fine. <laughs> that's fine our audience knows what you're talking about no, that's um good. mvp uh you you kind of you kind of already <laughs> r- already let it slip and and i agree with you curtis Oh, uh, you do. Oh, good. It's, it's Casey. I think it's Casey. I think Casey is the nice. MVP here. Right. Now, the reason why I say this is because yeah. um, he plays a very, very critical moment in Loki's awakening. Basically, yeah. um, he because when Loki first arrives at the TVA, he is angry and confused and scared and doesn't know what's going on, and then he meets Casey. Yeah. And and Casey, you know, opens his desk drawer to find the Tesseract and there's the, the Infinity Stones and um and it's through Casey's sheer honesty and just his his true just I don't know normal nature that he's Loki earnest. realizes he's very, he's very his earnest, earnest that's the word it is. The, his yeah. his very earnest character that Loki realizes that this is actually all true. And from there he stops being who he was before and starts um starts on a different foot so i feel like that was such a critical moment we are we are 100 percent in agreement on that that's that's exactly why i picked him as my mvp as well amanda what what do you got you got an mvp that's different from ours or do you agree well i mean (laughs) i i i'm happy to concede that it 
it's Casey, but I will say because I haven't talked about him yet, I think Jonathan Majors is fantastic. Yeah, and I yes. mean, I just and I mean it, it. It being, I'm just sort of an inverse of you, um, Curtis. Basically, where my favorite moment was the moments with Casey, but and my MVP is Jonathan Majors, where I think you had like your favorite <laughs> moment being like him as a yeah, like that that's right. that sort of. And I just think that um, like I'm very excited for that character because I can see to start with him as a non-threatening entity. Right. Like where he just he has so much power. And so he's not threatened by anything to start off like the the like tone of that villain for the next iterations of whatever he comes like whatever comes from him to know that he had that within him is kind of a cool or like that that can be an endgame. I just think that there there it's so cool to see how he played that in the in the beginning. So anyways, but um, it'd be I'm very interesting. It. Yeah. And it'd be very interesting to see how he plays all of these other iterations of yeah. the character as well, because yeah. Kang is a very different character than Immortus. And yeah. I don't know if there's a, there's a Pharaoh version of Kang and Kang is, or Kang is uh, the father of Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Are they all going to be played the same? Who knows? Oh. It'll be very interesting. I don't think I knew that. That's cool. Oh, and something that was cool just from watching, I do, I will say that my favorite, one of the um, like as- assembled things or the, the like TV series that are like the makings of afterwards, I watched the WandaVision one. That was cool. But I really liked the Loki one because you find out like all the different little things and that like Jonathan Majors also like voiced um, the timekeepers I thought was mm-hmm. cool. Like just like an extra little, like he is really the man behind the curtain and all that stuff. I thought that yeah. was kind of, that's kind of cool. So, but yeah, yeah it's case it's Casey. Oh, and we never <laughs> mentioned the, um, the uncredited cameo from, uh, uh, Jamie Alexander as, <gasps> Oh as yeah! yeah. She should be mine. Cause that was <laughs> great. Cause I love, I love her character. Actually, I, I love her as well. And I just thought that that was such a brilliant use of like, just something fun like it was just like a fun throwback to like i don't know that that character sort of vanishing from the mcu basically after dark world so. yeah i hope she comes back because she's out there she i there's no sign that she died in ragnarok yeah yeah I, that, it, that, that was yeah. like the fact that she's not in ragnarok is is just because like it was a scheduling thing it's not yeah, like her they, own tv show and yeah stuff. she was on her tv show and, and and they couldn't figure out how to how to how to work that out so she's the not doors in open ragnarok. there still yeah so that's a character that can absolutely come back um uh, uh yeah no yeah her her her, her the, the great the best part of that moment of that Easter egg essentially is that that's an actual story from Norse mythology. Like that, that, yeah, that Loki, that this is one of Loki's tricks in mythology is that like, while Sif was sleeping, he, he cut her hair and like, it's, it's like a whole thing. So, so they, they're, they're not calling back to like a comic book storyline or something like that. Like maybe the comic books did do it at some point, but, but they're actually calling back to the fact that these are characters from Norse mythology um, and like the, the mythology of Loki and, and Lady Sif. And yeah. So I, I thought that that was like such a, such a great, like you, if you're going to stick him in a time loop and make it be something that he's like ashamed of basically, um, which is, which is like another great moment of like, I don't think that that was Mobius's intent was to teach Loki a lesson. I think that the plan there was like, Hey, we do this as like a form of punishment. Like this is solitary confinement in the TVA. Um, when we usually just, you know, uh, execute people. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, like, like I think that like it was this inadvertent moment of like, 
really forcing Loki to 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 take account of everything and and yeah. sort of like integrate all of the new information up until that point and for him to like have that moment where he is like yeah it's I just I just I just want love. <laughs> I just want yes. attention. I just want somebody to care about me. And so that when he comes out of that he can realize like oh I'm I think I am actually in love with Sylvie, right? Um yeah. So that's that's mine. She's my MVP now. Cool. Okay. That's good. Yay. We'll allow it. That's fine. How beautiful. We can we'll, we can have two this time. Uh well, I mean, there are so can. many there are so many characters <laughs> in Loki that deserve the MVP. It's it's a it's a difficult. It's like the dream team. It's like, well, which one? I'm. That's not fair. It's Michael Jordan, but I I <laughs> he's Michael Jordan. It's always Michael Jordan. If you if you disagree with me, watch the Last Dance and you'll understand. It's Michael Jordan. It always is. Um, I will say it's actually uh, one of the reasons why I'm apprehensive to go watch uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy because. I loved Space Jam, <laughs> and so to have to see Michael Jordan not in that movie is. I uh, yeah, to I, not I'm not going to say anything about Space Jam: anything, A New Legacy. That's a whole other fine. thing. I anyway. post credits. There was no post credit scene at the end of this. There was right? okay. Good. I, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss it again, yeah, like I did. There previously. was just a, there was so just much. a title card at the end of the the main credit sequence that let us know Loki will return in season two, which was a which was a surprise and not a surprise with with both WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. They were actually pretty upfront about it from the beginning that these are they talked about them as like. Well, these are just like, they're like movies. They're like, they're just movies that we're going to spend more time with. Um, but with Loki, they were always kind of like, yeah, we got some really fun stuff in store for Loki. And they, they were always a little bit different in the way that they talked about it. And that was sort of the hint of like, I don't think Loki is going to be one season. I think it might actually be multiple seasons. So getting this confirmation at the end was awesome. But, but I think like for me personally, I was like, it wasn't a reveal as much as it was just confirmation of like, yeah, this is definite. And also I think the writing was on the wall from the end of the season of like, well, these characters stories are not done. Like, especially the last scene uh, and the, the, the reveal of, of the, the Kang statue and, uh, and Mobius being like, sorry, who are you? Um, Was very much like, oh yeah, we're not done with this story. Like this, not just that, like, oh, you know, uh, uh, Ant-Man will return in Avengers Infinity War, right? Like, it's like, no, no, no. This is like, we're going to see, we're, we're going to see more of this specific story, not just these characters and other stories. Um, so, yeah, it, it, but, but it's good news as far as I'm concerned. More of this will be fantastic. I, I, well, Kate when does... is, won't be back as director, but I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Good. I don't know whether or not like Michael Waldron and and the other writers will be involved. Um, so, when does Multiverse of Madness come out, Doctor Strange two? Uh, I believe that that one is February of next year. Let me look at the the. Uh, but it'll be March, out before Loki. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. that's coming up yeah, really yeah. fast. It'll so, be out before Loki season two then. Yeah. So here, uh, this is, this is what we know. And I don't know if this has been adjusted yet or not. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that we will find out that some of these Disney plus shows have been a little bit adjusted. Um, But where it's at, where it stands right now is we've got, uh, uh, oh, and this one that I'm looking at is actually out of date. 
Um, let me see if I can find one that's that's more accurate. Um, You're looking at the upcoming schedule for the shows. Yeah, for the for everything for the whole MCU. Um, nope, that one's out of date as well. I man, it's really hard to find because there were dates and then the dates changed. Um, but I I we've got Shang Chi is is September. Eternals is November. Um, multiverse uh spider-man is december multiverse of madness is march uh and then uh i think it's thor love and thunder is next may yeah i think so uh and then after that is black panther um and then and then captain marvel 2 uh is all next year and then 2023 is guardians volume 3 blade quantum mania and fantastic four which like now, like now, Fantastic Four being in twenty twenty three feels like it's not that far away, because uh, we're we're most of the way through twenty twenty one already. It's kind of it's it's gonna come up real quick, especially because for the rest of this year, we've still got What If, which I looked it up. It's ten episodes, so it's gonna carry us all the way into October. So uh, we'll come back and talk about What If after Shang Chi and before Eternals. Um, we've got Miss Marvel later this year as well as hawkeye later this year so we we still have all of that in 2021 yeah and, and then, then she, early next year right and then and then she hulk is next year uh moon knight secret invasion says that it's 2022 but they haven't i don't think that they've even started filming that one yet so we'll see Ironheart also says that it's 2022 as well as armor wars i am groot is an animated thing i'm pretty sure uh, and then Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special we know is next Christmas. Um, I, I, and There's so that, much on the schedule. Holy they're God. filming. They're filming the holiday special at the same time as Guardians Volume Three. Um, that makes so sense. the holiday special is actually like it'll. It's it's basically it'll be a prequel to Guardians Volume Three. It'll connect Endgame to Guardians Volume Three. Um, and, and I think Thor is also expected to be in that one as well. So I, that's, I'm super excited about that. That might be one of the projects that I'm the most excited about because James Gunn has talked about it. That sounds fun. It's, it's (laughs) literally like when they say guardians of the galaxy holiday special, it's literally a reference to the star Wars holiday special. Like, and it's going to be in the same sort of vein of like the ridiculousness of that, but it'll be on purpose this time. I, I, so that's exciting, but yeah, like we have so much stuff just in 2021, not to mention 2022. It's like, uh, fantastic four, I think is the furthest out of any of the stuff that's, that's been announced. Um, and it's, it it doesn't feel like it's that that far away anymore. Makes sense to follow Ant-Man three. Oh yeah. With a Kang involved for sure. Yeah, I I, Quantum Mania will almost certainly end with Reed Richards in the post credit scene. I like I'll I'll call that right now. A whole (laughs) two years out. Um, Yeah, there's no way. I and and yeah. uh, Although I think we'll start to see some Fantastic Four stuff get get laid the groundwork get laid sooner than that. But. Are they gonna? They're not using any of the current existing Fantastic Four, hey? Like they're gonna make a new one? I guess that depends on what the Multiverse of Madness says. 
Okay. I would almost <laughs> certainly guarantee that this will be. Oh yeah, no, because they were all bombs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna want to try and distance um, themselves. And it, it's um um. Also, Michael jo- B. Jordan is Human Torch in that last movie. So, and, that would, but that would be so great. And Chris Evans <laughs> is Human Torch in the I other know. two. I know. That's right. Come on. Um, I, a lot of fun jo- with that. But John Watts, who I I has directed the three Spider-Man movies, will be directing Fantastic Four. So, um. Uh, heads up, Spider-Man will be in Fantastic Four. Uh, <laughs> I, there's no way that he will not be in Fantastic Four. That he won't be like a like a pretty main character. Um, and I think like that there will be like the whole man. If we get if we get Paper Bag Man, like if we get the, the costume, like the Fantastic Four costume with the paper bag in the that movie uh, with Tom Holland uh, as awesome. like I mean like oh my god that's a that's a wish list like like dream come true uh Spider-Man moment to see on screen but uh yeah I recommended reading Curtis what do you got for us okay I'll try and be quick with this um there's a there's a lot of Loki material out there so yeah. if you are interested in um classic Loki uh which I love the way that Marvel just has fun with the original costumes, like seeing Scarlet Witch in her like comic accurate costume at the costume party and, uh, and, and seeing classic Loki in this version is great. So they Marvel just released an omnibus that collects all of Loki's early appearances from the sixties, where he is kind of this, that character. Um, It's not very mature stuff these days compared to uh, uh, what, what comics these days, but um. Uh, you can look at that, or the very first Thor epic collection has that material as well. There is um, Loki has a, there's a book called Mistress of Mischief. If you want to learn more about uh, Lady Loki, however, Loki Lady Loki in the comics is not Sylvie. Sylvie is a character called Enchantress in the comics yep. and is not a Loki, and so it's not the same character, but. You can read it anyway. Uh, a great series called Journey into Mystery by Kieran Gillen, which, which features Kid Loki. And then Kieran Gillen also took that character and brought him into Young Avengers. So you can look for a book written by Gillen um, called Young Avengers. If you want to learn about the TVA, you can check out two Fantastic Four epic collections called Into the Time Stream and the New Fantastic Four. It tells that whole story. Um, and then there's some great Kang stories out there one called Once, The Once and Future Kang by Roger Stern, and another called Avengers Forever by Kurt Busiek. So that's what I would recommend if you want to dig into the comics. And for awesome. the puns alone. Like, I don't know. That just seems... <laughs> Definitely. Kang? Come on. Once and Future Kang. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. I, I, cool. Well, next up is is uh, my most anticipated... I, I, uh, property on the the MCU slate in Phase Four, and that's Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, we've gotten lots of trailers for this one. We, uh, I think new one we today, basically, right? Uh, sorry, there was a new one today. Was there a new one today? I missed that. Um, that's oh. exciting. I'm gonna go look that up as soon as we're done. Um, but I, I, yeah, I the everything about this movie is exciting to me. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, and that's, uh, what is it? September 6th, I think is when it hits theaters. So we'll, we'll be back soon after that. Probably, probably like that following week, um, to talk about Shang-Chi. Oh, I'm in New York that week. That's the week I'm going to New York. 
Uh, we'll sort it out. We'll sort it out. Um, awesome. Well, I, I, I think that's it. I think we did it. I think, I, I think that's an episode. Uh, thank you guys as always for joining me. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks as, thanks as always for letting me be here, you guys. Cause I do realize (laughs) that I'm the odd one out, but I like, (laughs) I like being included and I hope that I bring, you know, those questions that some people just might not feel comfortable asking yeah. because they expect you're, everybody to know. So. You're a, you're a, you're a wonderful uh, diversity hire. So, there that, you go. So, that we can say, <laughs> so that we can say it's not just a couple of uh, guys talking about comic books. So we can go like, no, no, no. It's not, we do, it's not we do some well-informed, it's not well-informed men. Sometimes there's the. <laughs> yeah. Am I, 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 I'm the informed. person of color hire. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 100%. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. We're well, well, we're well rounded here at the Thunder. Yeah, we go. Or you guys just happen to be my friends and the people who I can <laughs> rely on to podcast with me, so that I have uh, 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 some consistent people to talk about. There's um, that too. Yeah, and the the other aspects of that are just a happy coincidence. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I like having you here, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, it's I it's fun. It. Thanks, thanks. It's 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 good. It's nice to it's nice to. I mean, I love these things, right? And I think that it does add that extra perspective that you don't have to know everything about something to be a true nerd and to love it. To no, love it absolutely, and have absolutely, so, yeah, definitely. No. I I, it, every every comic is somebody's first comic, and that's right? a yeah. that's a rule that I think a lot of uh, uh, people forget a lot of the time, especially a lot of uh, uh, let's call them white men in their thirties <laughs> and forties. Um, I, with all the gatekeeping and whatnot, but uh, yeah, every comic is somebody's first comic. And that's something that Stanley used to say all the time. And that's why every Marvel comic, uh, maybe not every, but most Marvel comics have on the first page, like a chunk that explains who the character is, right? Like, and I don't read those when I'm reading my comics, but it, for somebody who's picking up their first ever Spider-Man comic to read that chunk at the beginning, that's like Spider-Man, Peter Parker was an ordinary, uh, you know, high school teenager and (laughs) he was bit by a radioactive spider. And now he has fantastic powers and calls himself Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, that's in there for a reason. So you don't have to have, there's no prerequisite to be a fan. I think. Yeah. For sure. Is the is is the best way to put it. You can, if you like something, then just like it, and then you know if you want to dig deeper. That's why Curtis gives us recommended reading. I don't. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Hey, I'm not gonna read any of these comics that Curtis recommended. <laughs> just a heads up, what? like like I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to learn these things by osmosis and by reading Wikipedia and stuff like that because I would prefer to watch the movies. But uh, I will say now, if comics. I do ever stumble across Wunchin Future Kang while I'm in a comic book store, I, I can't not get it. Because <laughs> I like I just it's uh anyways. It just it's, it's a good one too. So there you go. you'll nice. hopefully you'll enjoy it. <laughs> I think I think I really am gonna like this new multiverse like i just like this kang character like there's something to it that i really i'm i like it it's complicated there's time travel i just love all of that it's totally my jam so you know it's gonna be exciting sorry. absolutely now uh, you can actually finish wrapping up sorry <laughs> no it's all good it's all good i uh, yeah i mean i i already kind of did right thank you guys for listening thank you guys for being on the show uh, uh we don't have a sign off there's no sign off okay. you guys got something for this one um I don't know, we can just yell, glorious purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go.
Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.